did you realize how much he really loves you? He really, 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 really thinks and knows how beautiful you really are. I know it's strange, right? But he loves you. Matter of fact, he thinks you're absolutely beautiful because he made you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. Remember health class? You saw the different stuff, you know, in health. And did your mom teach health? I'm like, what's health? And, and all the wonderful things. And he put his little fingerprint on you. And then you were born, and you were starting to scream, and all the things that happened, and they cleaned you up, and they handed it to your mom and your dad and whoever it was, and you hold them there. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, okay, Pastor, keep going. <laughs> Go on, River. But I'm thinking, that's awesome. I mean, Heather. She looks at you and says, Pastor Leo. He looks at you. <laughs> Don't you know the dramatic pause? You paused on the first day, didn't you? Yeah, you paused. See how that dramatic pause is, says a message? Daryl. Beautiful. Julie. Myself. Yeah, Paul, you're beautiful too. <laughs> I saw that. He goes, what about me? <laughs> Anybody else need a little, little vanity piece? You need that. But I asked the Lord, I was like, Lord, don't you know what's inside me? Don't you know how ugly that is? Or is it just me that has those crazy thoughts? And don't look at me all like all cleaned up like they're all holier than now, right? It's what you do with those thoughts, right? I said, Lord, okay, I'm beautiful. Okay, I get that. I get it. I get it. But. I think I'm ugly. Because when I'm born, I automatically get this luggage that I gotta carry. It's like the airport. You know, everybody in the airport. They're pulling a little, right? They're they're pulling a little, right? Everybody, you go to go to the airport and see somebody or they they're all going to the plane, right? And they all got their luggage. Everybody's got luggage. Luggage, baggage, and it came from Adam. Thanks, Adam. 
we appreciate it. I'm not so sure Adam did very well either. Don't be too hard on Adam or Eve. But in today, when we look at Revelation chapter 5, we're going to see this concept of wrath coming. And see, the problem is, it's like a leech. When you're born, you already have the wrath attached to you. What? You have to get rid of the leech. You've got to get rid of the baggage. God still sees you as beautiful. And he has to respond. See, the point today in this chapter 5 is he can't help but be who he is. He can't help it. I'm God. You are. This is what I do. Wow. He's other than what I am. Thank God for that because back behind the flower, I don't see very good, right? beauty. Well, so far, you know what those are. You've used them before at school. Let me give you a quick little Reader's Digest, Cliff Notes, where we've been. Revelation chapter 1. We see Jesus amongst the candlesticks. He's walking. And, and then chapter 2 and 3, you see Jesus giving letters to the candlesticks, the churches, right? He's writing letters. It's like he's writing a letter to you, like, hey, I've noticed you've been doing this. I kind of would like you to do this. <laughs> if you don't do that, I kind of have to go and do that. And by the way, are you listening? It goes over and over again seven times. And then you get this picture of this throne room. Because he can't help but be who he is. He has to respond. He has to respond to sin. He has to. And so, remember, Revelation is divided into three parts. First was the church age, then the tribulation, and then the millennium. So right now, we're right there on the edge between the church age and Revelation 4 and 5. Going into five, we're getting ready to go into the tribulation part of Scripture. So, with that being said, and knowing that He loves us, and that God's love, and knowing that He has to respond, let's see what happens in chapter five as John is on this island. He's not there by choice. He's there sent because he's been preaching about Jesus. So he's been sent there because of his position and his preaching about the gospel. They said, send that guy Patmos, the rock. Get him out there all by himself or maybe with a few others and just leave him there to rot. So he's in prison kind of. And he has this vision on the Lord's day. I mean, can you imagine having that vision? And even trying to write it down? 
You probably couldn't write fast enough. You know, I was kind of looking at some pictures of scrolls that were wrapped up and found over the years. These scrolls that things were written down and passed on to us could have been, and I've told you before, it could have been up to 35 feet long. Rolled up and stored away so that we might have them for later or preserved. They found some of those in those caves there, the Dead Sea Scrolls. So here is John. He's trying to write down what he's seen and what the Lord's given to him. Sometimes we're going to write and get the Lord goes, don't write it. But I saw it. Don't write it. So he's writing it down, and he says here in verse 1 of chapter 5, he says this. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. All right, John sees the Lord himself, the ancient of days. Sitting there, right? Love that song. And he sees this scroll however big it is, and it has seals on it, and he's holding it. And they can tell there's writing on both sides of the scroll. Now John's going to get a little emotional here. Let's see what happens. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals? Who is worthy to open the scroll? That's our question today. Who is worthy? Who is worthy? They were all over it today singing, right? Worthy. But no one in heaven, no, nobody here. They looked everywhere in heaven. I wonder how big heaven is. Took a little while. Probably limitless. Matter of fact, where's Jesus? Is he hiding behind a cloud somewhere? Couldn't find anybody who was worthy. Or on earth. They came down here, went, looked around. No, 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 no. Or under the earth. Could even open the scroll or even look inside. Verse 4, I wept and wept because no one was found. Okay, I already know kind of what was inside the scrolls. And I'm thinking, why is he crying about what was inside there? Does that make sense? Because when the Lord opens that up finally, he's going to unleash his wrath on the earth. Why is he crying? I'm going to let you know some things. I'm studying this along with you as well. Guess what? I don't understand it all, okay? I'm just reporting in. And if you understand a little more, help me, would you please? I need to know too. I'm learning right along with you. He's weeping. They're looking. Who's worthy? Who's worthy? Now, remember the picture in chapter 4, who's there in heaven? Who's there around the throne? 24 thrones. 
right? Angels all around. Jesus at the right hand. He must be walking around somewhere else right now because they're looking, where is he? Who's worthy? We know who's coming, right? We already know the story. They can't seem to find anybody who's worthy. Now, if those 24 thrones are seated with the 12 patriarchs in the Old Testament and the 12 disciples, there's hope for me. Let me tell you why. These 12 from the Old Testament, the do you have you ever looked at that a little bit? The tribes of Israel? Let me give you a little picture on the screen of where these 12 men came from. Kind of hard to see, maybe, but you see Abraham, you have Isaac and Jacob, and now you have down below, you have Bilhah, Leah, Zilpah, and Rachel. You have four wives. And from those wives came 12 sons. So Jacob had four wives, really two wives and two concubines, but they were all wives. So he had 12, well, more than that, but he had the 12 sons that came from those four ladies. Now, if you go back and look at all these 12 guys, I mean, the first thing we all know about, these guys aren't very good guys. Right? They didn't like their brother, Joseph. Right? They sold him. Matter of fact, they wanted to kill him. So they wanted to be a what? They wanted to murder him. They, they wanted to be a murderer. I went back and looked and remembered some stories of what these guys did. And it was, it's kind of, it was terrible. I mean, it's, it's terrible. Let's see. Simeon and Levi, they were there, and their sister, Dinah, they were in this one little part of the world, and these guys in the part of the world grabbed her and raped her and did all kind of crazy things, and so the brothers found out. Can you imagine being a brother? Your sister got raped or whatever. They were livid, livid. So... They lived in their land with these guys. And so what happened in the story was, it's found there in Genesis 34, if you want to read it later on. They noticed the one guy that really liked her, that raped her, had his dad come and talk to Jacob. He said, hey, you know, no y'all are living here in this area. I tell you what, you give us your, your, your girls, and we'll give each our girls, we'll just intermarry with each other. Sound good? Of course, now the brothers are getting together going, let's just go along with but later on, we're going to take care of business. So they're like, okay, right? Have you ever done that as a brother? Or, right? you know, you, you're conniving, right? You're like, you look like it's a, it's a fake. But they go, well, you know what? That sounds great. So, but you're not like us. You see, all of us guys, we're all circumcised. and You're not. So if you become circumcised like us, then we'll intermarry. Man, those guys wasted no time. They got circumcised. So while they're still hurting, healing up, the brothers got together, these two guys, went in and killed all the males. 
in that city. They're a murderer, the thief. Simeon and, and who? Levi. Then it says, all the brothers returned and plundered the city. So they were all in on it. And those guys are sitting on the throne? <laughs> you see where I'm going with it? And the story gets worse. Then Judah, one of those 12 brothers, he kind of leaves for a little while and goes over here and marries a lady and has a couple kids. And these two boys grow up and this one boy marries a, this daughter-in-law and he dies, didn't have any kids, so this son, brother, supposed to marry that. That's just one of those Old Testament things. We don't understand that here in the West, but in the East, you got to marry her. So, okay, son. And so he did, but. Every time they had relations, he'd just spew on the ground. And so the Lord didn't like that, so he killed him. And I don't understand these stories, okay? It's just in the Bible and all that good stuff. You can read it there. But. So Judah said, you know, when this other boy we had, which was real young, when he grows up, then we'll just let you, he'll, he'll marry you. So just hold on and wait. Remember the story? If not, go back and read the book of Genesis. It's a quick read. And so, she noticed that as he grew up, he, was, he wasn't given to her. So, she one day was out, and she saw Judah, so she dressed up like a shrine prostitute. And she went by Judah, and Judah said, hey, because his wife had died, so he said, hey, I want to have sex with you. And isn't this crazy in the Bible? This is crazy, right? And so, they had sex. But she said, ah, what will you give me, though? Because, you know, they pay me back. And she goes, I'll give you, a, you know, a heifer or a, or a goat or something from my, and then she goes, she goes, well, give me something now that I can have. So she gave him the stealing cord. Well, that took care of itself and went on. She got pregnant by Judah. This is weird, right? This is all messed up, right? And these guys are sitting on the throne. Praise, praise. God's grace. You see where I'm going with all this? They're looking around heaven going, who's worthy? The guys at the throne go, man, we weren't. <laughs> Not me. Right, right? Don't look at me. But they're covered with something. Just like we're covered. We can get a little happy here, but we won't right now. We're in teaching mode. So they're saying here, who's worthy to open the scrolls? John was weeping, weeping. Then one of the elders, verse 5, said to me, do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David has triumphed. He's able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne. 
he sees Jesus Christ standing in the center like a lamb slain. He's the lion. The lion, the tribe of Judah. What? Let me help you. Back to our, can you touch up again, our, our thing of all of our ladies there? There it is. I know it's not very good. I'm so sorry it's kind of blacked out today. But out of these six sons, and here's Dinah, Judah comes, David comes, Jesus Christ. From the line of the tribe of who? Judah. See how Jesus came through that line, that lineage? He's triumphed. He's triumphed. How has he triumphed? Pastor Leo said it today. He bore the sins of the world and paid the price. He took the wrath of God, which had to be poured out, which is getting ready to be poured out. He took that upon himself so that if I believe in him, I will not perish but have everlasting life. Isn't that good? So when I ask Christ in my life, he covers me with the blood. And I'm no longer contemned to death. That's good news, folks. That is really good news. As a matter of fact, there was this lady who got caught in adultery. And so there in, in Luke or John chapter 7, chapter 8, there's this lady, and Jesus just happens to be praying in the Mount of Olives. He gets done, he goes into the temple area, something to teach. And these Pharisee guys drag her in. They drag her in. And I'm always really, that story always kind of gets me because they dragged the girl in. Well, last I looked, it takes two to tango. Why they drag the guy in too? Hey, get them both over here. So, all right, what? They drug her in there. I wonder what she felt like, you know, great, you know. Well, she knew her destiny because in the Old Testament law, they're caught, you're going to get stoned to death. That must not feel very good, right? You ever got hit with a stone or punch? I have. It's not a very good feeling. You see stars and things, and things happen. So they drag her in. And they're like, Jesus, what do you think we ought to do? They try to trap them. Try to trap old Jesus. How are you going to trap the ancient day? He's, he's going, hey, hey. And he, we don't understand. What, he, he stoops down on the ground, and he starts writing on the dirt with his finger. We don't know what he wrote. Isn't that crazy? He's writing in the dirt. What I like is, it's the dramatic pause of, you know, they're all probably like, what is that guy doing? I'm thinking he's writing something like, you know, forgive your brother. Or, because he's bringing this new thing to the people. Like, forgiveness. Or maybe he's drawing little pictures of people loving each other. Or something, right? He's drawing something. Who knows what he's doing? They're like, what should we do? What should we do? And they probably all hold rocks because they're ready to stone her, right? I mean, they're into this. Let's do this. So Jesus got up and said, um, if anybody here is without sin, throw the first stone. And he dramatically goes back down and starts drawing the dirt again. I'm sure he could hear in the background. Rocks falling from guys' hands, right? 
from the older guys first, then the younger, right? Because you get a little older, you kind of finally realize. You know, got a little more wisdom, not much, but a little bit, right? Got a little bit. Hey, guys. Where are you leaving? I'm out of here. And he gets up, and it's just her. He goes, where are those who condemn you? Um, nobody, sir. Well, neither do I condemn you. That's the ticket. Neither do I condemn you. Yes! Y'all ain't getting it. You have been released from the condemnation of the wrath that's getting ready to be poured out. If you only, did you read ahead yet? Because if you're not taken care of and he comes back like today, you're going to stay here and then this is going to happen and this is not a good thing. Have you read, have you read your homework? This is bad news. It's called seven years of chaos. We'll get there next week, maybe. Sometimes I get a verse and we just preach on that, like in chapter 5, verse 4. We preach on chapter 5, verse 4. We'll be here all year trying to get this revelation down. So he, they found someone who was able to open the scroll because he's there standing in the center of the throne encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes. This is in verse 6 and 7. Six. He had seven horns. That's like what? Horns is, is strength and power. And seven eyes he's all seen. With all the seven spirits of God, the fullness of God, sent out unto all the earth. He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was on the throne. And when he was taking it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders. Okay, what do you do when you find somebody who's worthy? What do you do when you find somebody? <laughs> That's right, you bite the dust. Because this person who's worthy is due all honor, all power, all glory, all majesty, everything I've got. He's due everything I have. Not just a little golf clap. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. I know. I'm not trying to pump you up. I know. We're not really getting it. We really don't get it. I'm not going to say and pump you up. Because I don't think I truly get it. Because if I really did, I would get up every day, right? I would get up, oh, my gosh, the blood of Jesus covers the sin of the whole. He covered me. I'm free. I'm free. He who the Son says free is, that's what I'm saying. Say it again. Holy, where are they? Holy, where are they? We're forgiven. You don't get it, man. Up there, the cloud of witnesses, Moses and Noah. Even Jonah, all those guys are like, whoa, man, it's awesome. Boss, they ain't getting it. They, well, they better get it because I've done it. I've done it. He's standing in the center of the throne, and he has been sacrificed for the whole world. That's what John sees, the risen Lord. What's that happened to you? 
the happy happy shoulder. Happy Sneaky. We're not getting it. Or we're allowing the world to attach itself to us. We're just dragging along. I gotta go to work tomorrow. Then I get a check finally on Friday. I get the check. Put it in the bank, buy some groceries. Then I do it again on Monday. And I drag for the week. Looking for Friday. Thank God for Friday. I put the money in the bank. Think I go to church, maybe not. Then I'm back on Monday. Because right now, you right now, there's somebody sitting at the right hand of the Father. He may be standing right now. I don't know. He stood for Stephen. He may be sitting for me, but he stood for Stephen. Right? But he's there. And the slain Lamb of God. There's a verse there that has some words in there. That verse 9 that says, You are worthy. Like, oh my gosh, he's worthy to take the scroll. He's got it. To open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every slain blood purchased every can I just, those could be like a point of a sermon, right? Slain. You're not following. Blood. Isn't that awesome? Purchase every. Isn't that awesome? Think about that. He wishes that none would perish, but that all would come to repentance. came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was on the throne. Verse 8, and when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders, they what? Fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. So did you pray today? Your prayer went in the bowl. And they sang a new song. <laughs> That's a song they put to music. You're worthy to take the scroll. You are worthy. You are worthy. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Here's the best part of it. Because y'all are already, Brother Paul is already getting with it this morning. Going through this song. You're worthy to take the scroll because you were slain for the blood of men. Purchased men for God for every tribe, 
and language and people and nation. Verse 10, you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Verse 11, then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousands upon ten thousands. I mean, he's seeing something here. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice they sang. So what's our response to what the slain lamb? We fall down and we worship. We fall down and we worship. What are we going to do for all eternity? We're going to fall down and worship. We're going to fall down and worship. And we're going to sing this song, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power, wealth, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, praise. Man, that's amazing stuff right there. Then I heard every creature in heaven and earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that's in them singing. Okay, I get this picture. All right, whatever is going to be left. But that's all in the earth. I mean, maybe the whales, they have that certain, yeah, that's it. That noise, right? One of those noises, all right. And, and then maybe the birds, maybe the dogs and cats aren't really fighting out there. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. They're like, you didn't say that right. No, you didn't say it right. Where are they? Where are they? Holy, holy. Maybe they're just doing that. How do we know? I know scientists, we've, we've figured this out. No, you haven't, man. You have no clue what they're doing. Maybe the Lord's like, are you going to join in or not? At least I got the whales doing it. Got the birds chirping for me. I got the stars making noises. I wish I had that recording, that one star. That... That's all it does all day long. There's a star way up there, and they finally got it. To, they heard that they got it taped from the, from the Hubble. That's all it does all day. God's got it going on. If we don't praise Him, you know where I'm going with this. If we don't Praise him. If Sharon, if you don't praise him, Gilbert, if you don't praise him, he's got a backup plan. Because he made these rocks, he made these mountain ranges, and they're going to shout praise to the Lord. He will get it one way or another. So why don't we? All week long. Brother Chris, would you come? But here is the grand finale of this chapter 5. We don't get this either. Because it says at the very end, the four living creatures of verse 14 said, Amen! 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 I mean, Amen! Oh, amen. I remember, remember, the, remember the Titans? The, the, the movie, remember the Titans? And that, I can't remember what one of the guys in the, in the locker room with all the guys. And some guy says something great, like, you know, some kind of a scriptural thing. Oh, amen. And he's like a preacher guy. Amen. 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 We don't get that. I don't usually get this excited, by the way. So, you know. <laughs> I'm pretty much right here saying something anyway. But. What does the word amen mean? 
you know, we always say, so be it. Truly, truly, verily, verily. I don't think we caught it. Not only is it acknowledgement of an agreement, not only it's a willingness to submit to implications of that word, now we're bound by it, meaning, okay, he says this, or I say that. And you go, oh, amen. It becomes your very own. Ah, it becomes your very own now. Amen. I believe that. Amen. It was a custom which was passed over from the synagogues into the Christian assemblies that when he or who would, would read or di discuss or dis discourse had offered up a solemn prayer to God, the others in attendance would respond, Amen! And thus made the sustenance of what was uttered their own. You submit, you're bound to it, not like it, that it's that it's a restrictive, it's not, it's, it's security. And you make it your own. So here's the question. Do you believe that story? It's a book of faith. You don't have to believe that. But I'm telling you, if you don't believe it, then you're still bound by the wrath. And even though you're beautiful in the sight, you'll have to one day say, the word you don't ever want to hear. I don't know you. I have a sermon in my file that's concerning. I don't know you. That's like I don't know you. That's four words you don't ever want to hear. I know it's contraction. Five. Right? Do you believe it? loves you so much that he will send his son knowing that he has to take care of business. He has to take care of business. It's absolutely imperative that he takes care of business. Why? Because he can't help but be who he is. I'm God. And you all didn't do what I told you to do, so I got to take care of business. As a matter of fact, it's coming. When? I know, but you don't. It's coming. And when I start popping those seals, that ain't going to be pretty. Let me give you a little, a little hallelujah, amen for next week. Church, be there. I believe going to see this guy. Be there. I'm not going to say proof text everything, but you know what? I truly believe he's going to be here. Amen. Amen. Ain't nothing wrong with hearing a little amen. Every once in a while I even say it worship people say, Amen. I'm like, do you even know what you just said? First off, what we just said, you said, Amen. I was like, you're gonna do that. And now you're gonna live it. Whoa.
well, we're getting ready to leave and go home. But there's no guarantee that you'll make it home. I know, this is that part of the service is like, well, I had a condition a couple months ago where the Lord allowed me to get through it to where I could have been dead in a split second. Right? I was reading an article the other day, some guy, some, some picture guy, he was, he had an aneurysm. Young guy. He made it through. There's no guarantee, folks, of tomorrow. We had a friend of a friend, went for a scan, clear of cancer. Two months later, full-blown cancer in her body. What just happened? She's had a scan. Something's not right. Life's not you got to be right today. You have to take care of business today. So do you want Jesus in your life? Just believe. Ask him in. And then when you're doing this, he wants you to turn and do what? That. And he'll help you do that if you, if you ask him to. Father, forgive me for I've sinned. Cleanse me. Oh, I really need it. Be Lord of my life. And let me give you a little tip that we haven't ever really said much when we were younger. We probably should have. Is when you say that prayer and you accept Christ in your life, just so you know, you are expected to do something with it. There are expectations. So don't just sign up because you want fire insurance. Remember your little life game? You spend a little thing. You want to get the kids and the life insurance policy. Remember that little thing? You give me a little car and you drive a little car. Remember that little car? Get all that. Little. Don't just get that little packet because you know, oh, I want to be saved in Jesus. I want to be saved. Yeah. No, you got to live it. He expects you to do something. Just so you know. Oh, and by those who have been saved for years, he still expects you to do something. He expects something from me every day. 